everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. My name is Kelly Tatham, and you're listening to Climate Change in the Multiverse. I'm coming to you from the host nations of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh people in what is colonially known as Mount Pleasant in Vancouver, Canada. I have been spending a lot of time learning how to improve my land acknowledgement as a settler. This is a, uh, a constant conversation on the lands that we're on, where people are recognizing that simply acknowledging host nations uh, are not enough, and we're all actively in a state of emergence, better understanding what it means to be in relationship with the land, but more importantly, to know the history of the land and how it was stolen and taken from the First Nations in this so-called country and the so-called nation. And so I'm very honored to be here today with some incredible people who have been fighting for a very long time uh, to educate um, to educate their relations around them, uh, to uplift and to to change to change the world, really, which is I think what we're all here to do in our own ways. So Stacy and Rita, thank you so much for for being here today. And I'd like to give you the opportunity to introduce yourselves. Uh, yeah. Um, so my English name is uh, Rita Wong and my Cantonese name is Wong Gumbi. I was born on Treaty 7 territory, also known as Calgary. Um, but my family comes from the Pearl River Delta in southern China. Mm. And I've been living here on unceded Coast Salish land, also known as Vancouver, for a couple of decades now. Now, uh, uh, my name is Gitchim Makwa, Makwandodam, Anishinaabe. That's my sacred language, just like a Rita speaking her sacred language. You know. If we were to transfer it, which is pretty well impossible, into English, my name is Young Grizzly of the Bear Clan. And Anishinaabe, Anishinaabe uh, means uh, many things, but uh, it's the people of the land that connection, kind hearted people, big hearted people uh, with the land. There's no ownership over such things as the air and water, all that silliness that that I'm part of something bigger than me. I'm part of the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, for me, when I get up in the morning, I acknowledge the ancestral territories that I'm on. I live just down the street from you. But more than that, I for me, or the way I was taught is, uh, I'm saying it in my mind, I'm visualizing it that you know, I'm thankful for the trees that are here and for the skunk that we saw walking down the other day as we're guests to them too, and for the water, Jose Sea, and, and, and the host nations that are here. And there's some host nations, we don't even know their names because they're not here anymore. And so I have a conversation and I introduce my ancestors in my way to the ancestors here, knowing that I come here, um, that I'm here 
to be the very best relative, uh, as my sweetheart says, that, that I can. Because at any time, I, I know this is so true with me that if, if any of the host nations ask me to leave because of the misbehaving, then I would have to leave. Just like I wouldn't uh, come to your house and do all this uh, whatever, and you say, Stace, you got to go. Then I'd have to leave. So, yeah, so that's how I acknowledge things. And I, I want to thank you for doing your loud acknowledgement. But uh, yeah, miigwech. Yeah. Thank you. I. Hearing both of you um, speak to your ancestry reminds me that I have a lot more to learn and um, I have been developing relationships with my ancestors and, and learning how to be in relation with them um, and it's an ongoing process and I think um, I'm still working through the, the guilt and it feels not always welcome to myself to to speak to the Scottish, English, and Irish background that I have, um, but I'm also remembering that um, that healing healing those lines is is the work that we're here to do. Well, you know, our dear, our very close and dear loved uh, European uh, relatives. You know, um, you know, sometimes you don't know their songs or their stories or where they came from because what's happening here happened a long time to them, my dear relatives, and. Uh, so how I refer to things for me is uh, um, it sits in our blood memory of our ancestors. And it's important, uh, I'll say for me, is to know who I am, where I come from. And so when I ask another person, oh, where are you from? It means, who are you from? Mm. It's a mother. And then that means you can follow if you're fortunate enough. But, but if you don't have that at this time, you, you know that you, you, you are loved because... All of our ancestors, especially if they were coming to this piece of Mother Earth, they left, they left very horrific situations that are happening here. And they were doing that to, so that you, know, you, my niece, could have the very best possible life. You know, so, so we're all to be here in this moment and, and, and do our work as good relatives. So, mm. you know, there's a reason why you're here today. There's a, I believe for everybody, but that's just my take on things for me at least, so. Yeah, you're, you're supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I feel the same way. I, I, I grapple with this often, the concept of fate versus free will. And I like to think that things can't be different from how they are. Because in this moment, obviously, we're always working for a different future. But that helps me stay sane through all of the devastation. Mm. Just trusting that it's unfolding as it's meant to. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to know. I want to. I want to hear about your story and your experience, especially this past week. It's been um, a lot has happened. Um, you we went into court and you were sent off to prison, and there was um, Rita worked very hard with uh, perhaps a team of people to to yeah. get an oh. Um, and to get um, to get you out um, for to appeal the charges, and at the same time, um, the the youth, the braided warriors, um, held space for you, um, both in front of the courthouse and then also in front of the port, um, which then led into a standoff with the Vancouver police. Um, and so, how are you feeling today? Um, how how is your heart? How are your hearts? Well, I'm glad he's out for now. Uh, 
he's out on appeal, so uh, if he wins the appeal, he won't have to go back in, hopefully, but if he doesn't, uh, he's looking at still 88 days of uh, jail. And it's a sentence that is particularly uh, offensive when you look at um, the BC prosecution uh, services or the Crown Council. They had a directive in middle of January that they're to try to find ways to not incarcerate Indigenous offenders because of the systemic racism in the legal system that over-incarcerates Indigenous people. And the uh, hearing that he had uh, was on January the 25th, 26th. And uh, the Crown prosecutor just totally ignored that um, policy as if it didn't matter, as if systemic racism didn't matter, as if, um, you know, it was impossible to change or to learn. And um, yeah, so it's, it's been very frustrating to see the colonial violence in the courts. Uh, normalized and the absolute mm. denial of the climate crisis that we're in, the reduction of the so-called public interest to money and the absolute uh, refusal to consider that which is really precious that you can't put a price on, you know, the uh, air that we breathe, the water that we drink, the land that we live on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a, a challenging time for sure. Um, and Stacy and I both met at the Watch House oh, back in 2018. Uh, and the Watch House is guided by Coast Salish law, particularly the concept of not so much, that we're one heart, one mind, uh, one soul. And, you know, we're trying to educate the courts about that, but they don't want to see uh, because I'm sure they feel guilty and shameful about the violence that they've inflicted on the Indigenous peoples here and they're in denial about it, basically. So that's what I see when I go to court. Mm. You know, I only had one thing to say and I was going to make like, oh, how did we meet? And you took that. Oh, sorry. We met on the mountain. Where else did you meet? Uh, you know, we've been there since uh, for almost three years. Well, I think is the anniversary of March 10th when about 10,000 dear relatives went up there to say, this is enough, uh, you know, supporting the indigenous led, uh, we'll say, we don't call ourselves indigenous or aboriginal. Uh, you have a, a normal mind and you have an abnormal mind. Why would you say that about a person? If we're original, then you say we're ab abnormal or aboriginal. I'm not a Canadian citizen. I'm not an environmentalist. I'm a Anishinaabe. I know where I come from, um, but yeah, we met and uh, yeah, here we are. And, um, 2010, we put our first fire up there, sacred fire with the blessings of the elders of this territory. And I was asked to go ahead and do some work, make sure that everybody was safe. Uh, there was uh, grandmothers came up with some things, uh, how to behave there. You know. No violence, uh, no drugs, no alcohol, no no drama. We were to focus on that fire for the work that was to be done. And we were supporting the people that were coming to the gates of Mordor, I call it. <laughs> you know, and uh, we'd sing a water song every day and uh, supporting the people. And uh, 200 and a half about people had been arrested up there. 
with what they call the court injunction, which I still don't get. I know it's very biased and racist. And uh, so if my niece, if I stole your bicycle, and I sold it to Rita, still stolen, mm. stolen lands. Doesn't matter if it's unseated. Nobody's given permission. Actually, our relatives have asked us to go up there. Uh, they've given up millions and millions of dollars for that possibility of um, monetarily to protect these lands uh, for the next seven generations. Mm. Because uh, for me, I realize what I'm doing has nothing to do with me. It's for those that are coming. It's a beautiful, you know, I hear a lot of our allies talking like this, our dear relatives, and I'm glad that they're, you know, it's not a hashtag. Seven generations ago, I had people dying in horrific waves so that I could be here and my audience mentioned, I always mentioned this, that I'm an extinction of, uh, an extension of a prayer that people will pray for me seven generations ago. And so I'm just continuing that prayer. And, and I like the idea that I'm a prayer. I'm a prayer. And they took it hard. Mm. Relatives are putting in dog cages in these, uh, these, uh, these pedophile camps. They, they were the harshest conditions. Uh, Hitler came over and brought some ideas. Uh, South uh, Africa, apartheid, mm. started from here. They came here to see what you're doing with that Indian problem and all these things. So what it was, uh, from my understanding, is discovery of the doctrine of discovery and all these made up things was to minimize the people that were here to call us not human so they could uh, kill us off through handshakes of disease and many methods and so that they can get to resources and at one time for 200 years the resource was beavers so people can wear hats somewhere else for 200 years then they started uh, harming our, our, our sacred uh, standing tall ones, the trees. And if you look at a tree, it's like this. It's always in prayer. So they were harming our relatives. They're harming all the animals. They started uh, harming inside Mother Earth. I mean, I know, my niece, you wouldn't do that to your mother. So why are we doing this? And this is over um, what I express is where I come from, we call the Wendigo. And the Wendigo, it eats bones, flesh, soul, skin, earth, whatever it is, and it's never satisfied. And, and it, whatever that hunger is will never be fulfilled. Mm. doesn't care. just keeps going. And that came from a system over there. And we're people, so I'll say I'm a person of what we'll say is the natural laws. Uh, to that was originally whispered into everything uh, to the animals and, and uh, the elements and all the medicines that preceded the human in the Shnabe. Hmm. Gave up a lot for us to be here because we know that a child, a human child, well, some people it takes 40 years for them to leave home. <laughs> so, so all of our relatives, um, th those are our elders, those are the original people gave of themselves so that we could sustain our lives because they loved us before we came. And I have a great responsibility to care for the people. And those people are my elders or those I just mentioned that came before us. To respect Mother Earth, all the four elements, all the medicines and all the animals are all great teachers above, below, that crawl, that swim, all that beautiful thing. 
So I have a great responsibility to care for the people. People think it's just the people are just the human family. That's pretty small thinking. So it's about everything. When we say that word, Masamat, uh, for Coast Salish dear relatives, or all my relations, means all of our relations, not just the human family. Hmm. But so when, when I'm to do these things, you know, that place that's in our spirit, um, it's for those that I won't even uh, meet. That there's going to be grandbabies that I will never meet. And I already love them. But they don't want to come. They don't want to come because it's so toxic. Uh, my, my, one of my, uh, not, I don't own my daughter. She's my boss. <laughs> she doesn't want to have children. And to take that away from a life giver, to take that from a life giver like yourselves, it's up to you whether to have children, but she's already decided not to do that. And I've heard many young people, even men, that they won't have that blessing of parenthood, whatever that looks like, through adoption or or, or whatever it is, or adopting the land and, and that. And so to me, that's what extinction means. It's not just killing off 60% of the species that's been around in my lifetime. Extinction means that these spirits don't want to come here. We just, ah, well, we're good where we're at. Why do we want to go there? So I have this great responsibility. It has nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with me. Like I was mentioning earlier, like I, I don't do media and stuff like that. So it doesn't give me a chance to be full of ego when it's about me. It has nothing to do with me. So I just I just do what it is. I don't want to be noticed, but if there's a situation, I'm asked to go in there to defuse anybody that's acting up. And it happens to be uh, a police department that uh, is working for a, uh, a corporation. Canada is not a nation. I come from a Anishinaabek nation. I have songs and stories of everything around me where I come from. Canada does it. They're very invasive. I think they're on the American Stock Exchange. There's a number for Canada. If you check it out, people, like they're, they're a corporation. And so we know the RCMP came here to go through these lands to decimate the people here. Um, the, the, the people that cared for their yintas, like up north. Yeah, Wasuatan, and wherever we are. We just have this, we have this connection, this umbilical cord to the earth that we're not to break. And uh, so they came here just to extract for monetary reasons. So this Wendigo is capitalism. It's misogyny. Mm. It's alcoholism. It's all these things that harm the spirit. And it will come at you through the system that, that we were all born in here. It's not our fault that we were born into the system. It's hard to navigate it uh, uh, for some people if they don't have that connection from where they come from. Like our European relatives, they just think this is a status quo. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you what to do. This, this, this system that criminalizes the original people from here. The original people from here. And we have our natural laws that was gifted to everything. The elders I just mentioned about the elements and the animals medicines and that's that harmony that's of all this connection i know that's simple for me but i know if you've been born into generations of the system 
you know, it's what that's what people might be dealing with. But I know that everybody has that place in their spirit that they, they're concerned about Mother Earth. Because you're connected, especially yourselves as life givers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're, you're connected. I can't give birth. I'm not strong enough to give birth. I um, They say that if a man's threshold of pain, we would just die. So we follow the milk line. We follow Mother Earth, the great mother of... Uh, Supplies us of everything we need. Mm. And so uh, I don't have a choice in these matters, which is good. I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Isn't that nice to know my career? <laughs> to be an arrestee, if that's what it is. Uh, uh, this is a responsibility that I have. And it's a great responsibility, meaning it's, it's great. And uh, I don't want this that my daughters have to do this. Uh, it's enough. My mom's 87 years old. Every day of her life, she's felt uh, racism. Mm -hmm. And it just has to stop, not for my daughter. So I actually had to get permission, of course, from my 87-year-old mother, who wasn't 87 years at the time when I asked this permission, and to the daughters that take care of me. And they're twins, they're macoons, the bears, the bears. And I asked them many years ago, would it be okay? And they said, yes. Because if, if any one of them said no, then I don't do this. I don't do this. And so I have the permission of uh, my the, the daughters, uh, the, the, the McCombs, the twins, and my mother to do this work. And they teasingly phone me up now and then, Dad, yeah, oh, you're not in jail? Okay. I, I don't do this to go to jail. I've been uh, targeted as a person uh, of the land. Um, uh, I think it's because maybe I'm being effective, you know, mm -hmm. I'm being effective, but I do this in a peaceful way. I don't swear at our relatives being the workers for the Trans Mountain, the police department, uh, because they're spiritually sick. Would I berate my children if they were in a children's hospital with some kind of a disease? No, you send them love. You just send them love and tell them how much you care. Maybe there's some words that you can say that will fall on their hearts. As one of my chiefs says, and be gentle with them. If I'm throwing F-bombs at somebody, if they're throwing at me, I'm not teachable. I don't want to hear. Then there's conflict. These men and some life givers, they're, they're weaponized. They're carrying lots of pounds of bullets and guns. I don't know. We're peaceful. We come with our sacred things that are, that are gifted to us. We don't own this. How can you own this? How can I own the air I breathe? I don't know this concept or land. So we come from a gifting economy where we're giving ourselves, we give love to each other and caring. And, and they're about like um, property. That's what there is, it's about property. Mine, mine, like Smeagol, mine, precious. And, and, and that's a windigo. And where I come from, it's been indicated to me since I was a child that I'm called windigo, oh yeah. I'm going to leave that alone. There's some things I need to keep to myself. Mm. But I'm opposite of that. And my responsibility is to indicate what it is and put myself in front of the people. And it and it's not to go by me. Yeah. Many people that do that in their ways. And so then I get arrested. Uh, I was, what I was doing. You ready? Ready? That's not arrestable. <laughs> Spongebob, 
Sweetheart was behind me. We weren't sweethearts at the time, but it was, you know, it, it was in the making, smudging me and taking care of the people. We're all in a prayerful and song way. I was maybe there for an hour and a half, they said. And something about an injunction. I was in ceremony. Mm -hmm. I was just in ceremony praying. It's enough. They tried to tell me where I could sit down on unseated land. Again, that property thing. Buying hot goods. Telling us what to do when they have don't have consent. They don't have consent of the oil. They don't have consent of Mother Earth. They don't have consent of our grandchildren. Who am I to give consent? Nobody can give consent. So they arrested me. I ended up doing sentence me finally after going through, navigating through uh, the very racist and biased system. We had one judge, we retired him. That, that guy, you know, uh, I, I pray for the, our relatives because the, the spirits are sick. Just the things they were saying. I had relatives coming up to me saying, how could you take that? Well, I was in court, I, I guess, smile and go, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And then I go, oh, that's it. That's racism. You've never had that happen a a as far as racism this way. I'm not talking about sexual racism and that. That's worse to me. What happens to life givers? And um, so I ended up doing, going to jail. We're going to peel that. And I know these beautiful things I spent uh, out of 30 days. Oh, oh, oh let, let me. This is how much I believe in following the life givers. She served time before me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and she served time. And, and I, uh, imprisoning somebody uh, is imprisonment. Mine was just a little bit different that uh, it was during COVID. Mm. And uh, so you do two thirds of the time. And what they did for me and my brother, Jim, my nephew, Tawaham, the three of us went together, which is nice. Have some friends. I got instant friends, you know, and you go to jail. And we were locked up in our cells for over 22 hours a day. Yeah. And for the whole stay that I was there for 19 days, I was in there in solitary confinement. They could call it whatever they want. United Nations, uh, the non, uh, Nelson Mandela report states that anybody that's in solitary confinement for over 15 days, and 22 hours a day is considered torture. And Canada, so-called Canada, the corporation, they signed off on that. So they tortured me. And they put me in a high-risk situation with COVID. I don't, to that point, I had no criminal record, not even a speeding ticket. I don't have a license. Um, they put me at risk. And instead of, um, say, you know, Hey, Stacy, can you pay a fine? We tried, we gave them like, like you did, honey. We gave them the opportunity of everything but taking our liberty weight of jail. That's the highest one. No criminal record, all this good things in the neighborhood, you know, we're all loving people. You start here. They went here. Mm. They kept doubling up everything as more people, waves of people getting arrested. They thought it was to be a deterrence. How can you deter somebody's spirit? So they penalized, they criminalized the three of us um, during COVID. Um, but before, before that had happened, that court, I continued doing ceremony on mm -hmm. unseated land with the permission of our relatives here. That's who I listened to, not some evasive uh, system. 
and they, they charged me three more times. I got a letter in the mail, uh, a New Year's Eve, Happy New Year, Stacy. And they said, if I don't come to court within a week, they, they would come and arrest me. I go to court. There's a, there's a new kid in town now because the other one retired. The other judge, Affleck, retired. He knew he was retiring. And so this, uh, this young lady, uh, Shelly Fitzpatrick, yeah, you know, I have to say that I believe she's racist, uh, white supremacy all over it. But I'm concerned for her because I don't know why she's that way. What has harmed her maybe in her life to be that angry, especially against me that she hadn't even met. So we say prayers for her, but here we were. So there was these said days we had uh, what we call a walking ceremony. We have these sacred objects, just like life givers are sacred. And we, we pass it around. We don't inhale. It has medicine in it. Some will call it a pipe. It's not a pipe. We have to make sure, because English is tricky, because people might think it's a pipeline. No, it's not a pipeline. It's a pipe clean or something. No, in our language, it's precise. The sacred thing, and, and what it does is it helps you um, invoke uh, your good intentions or whatever, and you're in a prayerful way. And uh, two police officers joined us. We had a circle, and then our work is done here. That was one of the days where my friend Jim who right now has COVID and he has a lot of conditions that would last time when he went into jail, the three of us, that he incurred some snake or some spider bites and they tried to give him the wrong meds. You're not getting your medication in there. Like he shouldn't have been in jail because of those reasons. They didn't listen to that. And as soon as he got out, he was on a bus, a friend saw him break the emergency for two weeks in there just for spider bites inside of there. And they want to put him back in jail for that same wine offense that we share. I got two more on top of that by doing ceremony uh, on my relatives' lands. I have permission. The grandmother said, please, you're a good relative, you're a guest. Even though I'm uh, an original person, my mother's in that, they come from a certain part of Ontario. So I'm a guest here. And so they, I had three charges. Somehow they find me guilty. Of course they do in their system. They use their laws uh, to say, yeah, he's guilty. And they gave me 90 more days. 90 more days. So while I was with my sweetheart, Matt, uh, you know, the cruel punishment was, was listening to this woman justify what her and the crown were always agreeing on the whole time um, they were very dismissive to the lawyer, my advocate, very dismissive of her, wouldn't let her speak, stop anything she tried to challenge. But every single time was in agreement with the Crown, the prosecution. And, it, it, and it, so I presented uh, last month that during COVID, and I have some health conditions and, and stuff like this. And the very last thing you should do this. And, being a person of the original person, uh, I'll just say indigenous for word right now, that uh, with two years or less, that you should look at other measures, especially for somebody that's nonviolent, because our jails, our jails are like the new uh, residential schools, right? We could have the same charge. It's documented. I'll get more time. 
were full in the jails. So they were asked to look at it. I have what's called a Gladue report. And it was uh, weaponized against me. Some very shameful things that happened to me that wasn't my fault as a child through all this and all that, that, that they may look at. Maybe there's something to it. It doesn't mean I get out of jail free. That's what they thought I was trying to do. But they weaponized it against me and it triggered me from some things that happened to me and stuff like that. And well, that's how, how they are. They will use anything that you, you, that you put forward to knock it down because they want to incarcerate you. Mm. I mentioned the Nelson Mandela report that you've already tortured me. I'm letting you know, you don't have to do that again because I only have this one experience going to your jails and that's what you do. I don't know any different. You're gonna tell me that it might not happen again. I'm not risking that. I also mentioned that what Rita was saying earlier about uh, with, um, with the crown there that uh, something had just come in and uh, uh, to look at different avenues for nonviolent action that you, you should always be going for the lower bar with people that are, you know, I, I didn't harm anybody myself or mother earth. I understand there might be people in there that have done horrendous violent crimes and, and things that, that ne they were never here. There, there wasn't uh, pedophiles. There wasn't rapists. There wasn't poverty. That didn't come until first contact. It was never here. And so they, uh, they put me up to something like what other people might do, send me to jail. But, but I, I, I read out for maybe a couple hours with their own systems of things that they, they should and or must look at before they're to put me into jail from their own, what was that report that came out? Judeo-system? Starts with a J. With a yuk, yuk? Oh, David, or Peter. G yeah, yeah, what was that thing that he wrote on the 15th that time? Oh, um, it's the Crown Council Policy Manual. That's what it was. And this is how Monty Raton was supposed to look at. He even said some snide remarks that he didn't have to, and this is what he wanted. I think he was upset with me because the way I, I conducted myself, they thought I was combativeness. No, I'll speak and I don't need to raise my hand when I speak. I don't have to raise my hand. They were saying untruths the whole time about their security management. They're all XRCMP. We're making lies on the stand. I tell my truth and I would just stand up. No, that's a lie. You, on that day, on that video at this time, we never talked. I never talked to anybody. Anyway, so they thought I was disruptive. I was being a brat. And what do we do with a brat? We put him in the cloakroom, give him a strap. It's all about punishment with them. Um, and so off to jail I go. And uh, me and my sweetheart here were talking about to appeal this because I see what I little I know that they have error in law, what they're doing. Uh, they've targeted uh, they've targeted some of us, uh, and I won't say that uh, you know. Well, I'll say like if the, all of us were together and we're all doing the same work, nobody else got charged, and I'm grateful that nobody does. I'm not trying to say that they should go get charged, but every time it was me, mm -hmm. and yet they knew the other people they had been previously arrested. 
just to backtrack a little bit, um, the arrests that happened in uh, November and December 2019, um, when um, Stacy and many other people were there in peaceful ceremony, there was no five-step process given oh. uh, asking people to leave the injunction zone. Whereas the previous arrests uh, in 2018 at the Westridge Marine Terminal, uh, people were uh, broadcast the five-step process. It was hard to hear it. There was a lot of stuff going on. But the rationale that the Crown and uh, TMX, who are sometimes indistinguishable in there, um, are using is that uh, because Stacy was uh, given the injunction warning back in 2018 at a different location, that that should apply forever now. And so, or, or they don't, they didn't say that, but that's the implication of what they've done because now by charging him for three counts and he's there, he was there a lot before this all came down, um, uh, you know, uh, prevents him from being in that area. And the um, thing is he was never given the five-step process. He wasn't asked to leave by the RCMP and read the injunction and given the chance to leave on all three of those days. He left of his own volition uh, willingly after finishing his ceremony. You know, it might have been there for an hour or whatever it was. And for that, he's facing 90 days in jail. So the discrepancy, and just to give you a sense, um, I'm very, there have been a number of other arrests happening or um, uh, conflicts happening. And so 79 year old uh, grandmother who was trying to stop them from cutting down 1300 trees over by Holmes Creek you know, they asked her to leave. They read her the five-step process. They gave her the injunction warning. They asked her to leave. She said, uh, they asked her to leave the area. And she said, I live in the area. And so when she went to court, they dropped the charges against her. And she had been read the five-step process and they still dropped the charges against her. Stacy did, And that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's but Stacy did not get the five-step process. And they just kept going with the charges anyway. So this sets a really bad uh, precedent. And it does seem to me like targeting of people they perceive to either be leaders or, or indigenous or racialized peoples. And there's kind of, because the trouble is that under the injunction, so-called law enforcement has um, the ability to have a lot of discretion. So the Trans Mountain Security have discretion, the RCMP have discretion, Crown Council has discretion, the court has discretion. All of that discretion is used basically against Indigenous peoples. That's what that um, directive or that new policy on January 15 is trying to address is the unconscious bias and the systemic racism of these people. They think they're being fair, but they don't see their own biases. We're trying to educate them and they refuse to learn. That's basically the situation right now. Um, there was something else I wanted to say about Holmes Creek. Just trying to remember. They're destroying that. it right now. They're trying to cut I down the trees. Somebody got arrested right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is ongoing. Um, and it's beautiful to have all these allies for seven generations. We've been doing this alone. We've had seen things. I won't call them prophecies. That's somebody else's language. But we have people that have seen things that when uh, when everybody will get together and. Uh, out of this will come a beautiful, beautiful thing, a change of paradigm. Um, and we've been waiting a long time, but it doesn't mean that I'm not to take care of my responsibilities, whatever people are, are to do. Yeah, this is right. Um, so there's two things I wanted to say. One is that 
the RCMP are not enforcing environmental laws like Species at Risk Act, for example. That area where that creek is is um, home or habitat for the Nooksack Dace, which is endangered. And so the enforcement of which laws, uh, why is an injunction a higher priority than our Species at Risk Act or our environmental protection laws, right? So I've been watching the Burnaby RCMP Twitter account and, you know, they try to say things that kind of make themselves sound good. And, um, you know, there's an account for Twitter, uh, for the, on Twitter for the 1308 trees. And they're like asking the RCMP to, well, why don't you protect us trees? You know, like you're supposed to be protecting, um, mm. you know, you're not doing your job. Right. Um, and also the second thing about law is, before there were colonial laws imposed on this land violently, there were already Coast Salish laws, there were already Indigenous laws, and it is everybody's responsibility who lives here to learn those laws, which involve protecting the land and the water for future generations. Everybody has that responsibility. Maybe they haven't learned it, but they still have to have it. Um, and so I think that's the other thing, is to reframe all of this in terms of Indigenous law, which the courts are super resistant to. Yeah, no, good, uh, good. We remind each other, hey, we're a team. Um, <laughs> You're an incredible team. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Well, I'll just, uh, just a little bit more. Is that okay? Please, please. Um, so in the meantime, what I did is, uh, what, what I, I am to do is I did what we call a giveaway. So, so that, so, uh, you know, maybe there was a chance that they were going to not put me in jail and all this. Yeah, no, they're putting me in jail. Uh, I, I'm the only person that can let me down, believing that they'll they'll be kind-hearted. Uh, and it's a win to go. It's a system, and uh, so I, I knew I was going to jail. And they've never done nothing else but to say my family that you're going to jail. I've never seen anything different. There's no surprises, and uh, so we were out on the, the steps of the, the BC Supreme Court, Supreme, Supremus, yeah. Uh, yeah, you go, you, you go in the halls there, and they got a hall of shame there, a wall of shame, and it's all these old, and pardon me, they happen to be of European white descent, you know, where's where's our life givers and stuff like that? And so that's yeah, it's just odd. And I'm not saying anything about colors because if you look at me, I look like you. I have Irish descent. Yeah. And um, so I what what I was able to do is I saved up some stuff and made some stuff. And I thanked uh, my relatives for being there because I care about them. I thank them. I, mean, I shouldn't say thank you. We don't have that. I'm grateful for them to help me. So we did a giveaway. Apparently we got married on the steps. <laughs> I uh, I'm a speaker in Shane Point. And we had a good ceremony and in we go. And several hours after this lady was, you know, whatever she was trying to cover her steps and, and, uh, and the prosecution steps and the, the coercion. Um, off to jail I go. And so when I was in the paddy wagon leaving, there was a couple of guys in orange suits indicating they've just come into court that day and strike up a conversation. We're friendly folks. I said, hey boys, how's the COVID in there? And they went, oh, it's harsh. They said, we both had COVID. 
these two guys that were in different parts of uh, uh, the paddy wagon had 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 COVID while they were in there. They said their unit was riddled of it. They said the whole place has COVID. We had uh, an expert lady who works for the World Health Organization, Coastal Health and all these things, saying why. And then this, and she, I think, works with maybe Bonnie Henry or something. She, she's up there explaining to the court with this letter uh, and, and uh, about COVID. And they shut that down. They minimalized that. When I got to jail, it took a long time. And I finally get into my cell. I'm preparing this time. So through the first time, I've, uh, I know that uh, I had anxiety when I was in there. First time in my life. I didn't know what it was. I've always been out in the bush or at least in a room. And I found out that I'm claustrophobic. And I mentioned that to the court. They said, well, you need a diagnosed. I go, well, to have something diagnosed, I would tell my doctor. And then the doctor would then say it. It's coming from me. I, I'm the best doctor for my body, but they didn't do that. So while I was in there, you know, I was uh, doing what I was doing, you know, sending out good intentions and thinking about everybody and sending love. Yeah, it's, just, it's a good life, right? Uh, you know, I've had relatives that have been in jail for, for decades for what I do. There's actually people in South America for what I do that just get killed. They'll never find the bodies. I'm going to be okay. But while I was in there, they put a cover over inside my door, my door. And the only light that you get into your, your little, little, uh, your hole, your dungeon, is that artificial light that comes out from that door. So I knocked on him and I said, listen, can you take this off? They said, we're having an emergency. I went, okay. So I went back and sat down. You, you got nothing in there. You got a toilet. <laughs> you know, I don't know why they make toilets. Every time anybody flushes, it wakes up the whole place. They need a plumber in there. Uh, maybe they need to arrest a plumber. Um, and so then um, what, what they have is they have a little, a little pinprick so that when they come do their checks, they can look in to see if people are okay. A lot of mental illness is being a warehouse there, people coming off addictions. But this unit is, again, they put you into this, this place for 14 days. So you're lied to. At least they lied to me. It was 19 days. Um, so curious, I kind of look out and I, to these people. I could see all these correction officers in a panic. People coming in, tying up hazmat suits. They don't know what to do. I guess up above me, there, there was a situation. Now, I don't know what the situation is. But for them to put on hazmat suits, maybe because there's somebody in there of COVID, and maybe this person passed on, maybe they were fine, maybe it was a suicide attempt or not. So, but to, to wear all, all that gear and they're wrapping each other up and... Uh, then I mind my business. I just sit down and I pray for whoever it is and for, for you know, for the best possible outcome. And then later on, they take that off and I just let that be whatever it is. And then they came to my cell and they says, oh, we need you to sign some papers. I went, yeah, I'm not signing no papers. I don't sign their papers. Oh, it's for a release. I doubt them. I doubt them. So when I went down there, they wanted me to sign something. No, just let me look at it. I looked at it. I, I saw that uh, uh, my sweetheart here, um, oh, saving me again. And it looked legit. And I asked him, this better not be a treaty paper. Because they've always, uh, I, I was joking with them, but meant it. Because every time we signed a treaty paper, if anybody did, 
you've never went about it. Every treaty paper in, in North America or Turtle Island uh, didn't happen. The only treaty that uh, so-called Canada kept was with Nazi Germany. That's the only treaty they kept. That's Canada for you. So then as I'm going back to my cell, I'm kind of lifted up. Oh yeah, this is great. Don't touch anything. Blah, 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 blah. Like all, 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 all the people working in there were really nervous. And I noticed that that's the environment that these workers are in, at least on this day. Don't touch nothing. Well, that indicates, well, why would you, oh, COVID. They open the doors, Mr. Gallagher, when you're going upstairs. Don't touch the railings. Nothing, don't, we'll let you into your room. Don't touch nothing. Last time I was in there, I was working on a little bit of a work detail where I'd clean everything because of COVID, the high touch areas, and we never got to finish anything thoroughly. So COVID is a uh, rapid in uh, Petri dish in all the jails. And we told the court that this, and they still went, yeah, they're doing their best, go in there. And um, uh, then I was released. But when I was being released, there was my sweetheart, and she was telling me that, hey, there's something going down at the port. I go, great, let's go. And I didn't realize what it was. She might have mentioned it to me, but I was thinking, okay, start praying, send some prayers there because they're going to harm my nieces again. Because a couple of Fridays before that, we were at an insurer called AIG. The police, about 70 cops came in there and they were beating the shit out of me, an elder, and I don't know how many indigenous youth. They were raking us through some glass that they broke. They were choking us out, punching us, kneeing us, pulling hair, pulling sacred hair. But that didn't get the media. Uh, four of them got arrested and charged. We're licking our wounds because we have a responsibility. This is what we're to do. And this is with indigenous youth, these are my nieces and nephews. So what they had done is, I guess they had stayed uh, that day when I, I didn't come out. They moved to a sacred fire to Clark and Hastings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were hoping to get him out on the same day, but the paperwork took too long. So they ended up taking him to prison. And um, the braided warriors and the youths, um, you know, lit a sacred fire uh, for him and for all land defenders yeah. um, at Clark and Hastings and held that intersection for more than a day. Uh, and it was really beautiful energy. I don't know if you were down there for the Wet'suwet'en uh, solidarity gatherings, but that kind of, uh, you know, there's ceremony and singing and drumming and just a lot of really good, peaceful energy. And it was like that when I was leaving to go get Stacy from jail, um, although we were noticing that the police were moving in. And so I couldn't have been gone that long, maybe an hour, a couple hours max. And by the time we got back, it had totally changed. Like the police had moved in, you know, they had broken up the circle. Um, there was just, yeah, it was pretty awful. I think two arrests had already happened um, and so, you know, it was just, and he was just in there, like, you know, um, drumming and calming down the cops. And yeah, it was not the way I would have liked to bring him back, but there was a lot of support, you know, there were like free Stacy signs and yeah. things like that. Um, mm. But yeah, I think uh, um, that sense of uh, knowing that you're in it for each other and for the long haul is is kind of, what gets us through this? Mm -hmm. So talking, you know, as soon as me and Sweetheart get there, you know, I don't, I just walk through the lines. I don't need permission to walk. And we're checking on our dear ones. There's people that are attached to a vehicle that's in the middle of the road. 
We make sure that our relatives are okay. We have to speak gently with these uh, with these uh, very aggressive militarized uh, and weaponed uh, men. And there were some women. I asked them, you guys are still at this? You're still uh, hurting children, eh? Because last time I saw them, they were hurting children. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I've been gone. I've been gone a day. I've been gone a fucking day. You guys are still brutalizing young people. Your nieces and nephew, your children. The fire dies down. We had two other uh, relatives, Lady Chainsaw and her niece. They wanted to get arrested. They said, screw this. So they drove them. So the four of them were there. You know, after a period of time, you know, we made sure the police cleaned up the mess that they made. And, we, and how we did that is we, we have to teach them because we were picking up the garbage, accumulating it there. And I asked them, can you pick up your garbage? At least that's something you can do. They agreed. Hmm. We made it down to uh, where they release uh, the people. And the last time what they did is when they, they harmed all the youth and an elder and myself, um, they denied medical attention to those four youth the previous two Fridays ago at AIG, who's an insurer for a pipeline. Pipelines need big insurance. It's dirty business. People die and stuff, and they're killing Mother Earth. So that first time we had a sacred fire and... And then the youth uh, was released and everybody over the weekend had to go, go to doctors. Everybody had bumps and bruises. And, but this time, uh, we, so we went down there and we lit a sacred fire because that's just what we do. It's peaceful. And there was about 50 cops there and the fire department and they were going to come and try to put out that sacred fire. They just went, no, we're good. We, we didn't call you. We don't need you here. Let go of our relatives. Let go of our relatives again that you've harmed and you've been witnessed. And so they were trying to talk back and forth. And it's not that we don't listen to them, but we've got this. We've been here a lot longer than you and your system. We've got this. Talk to the, one of the firemen and says, you, you, you know our ceremonies. We've never caused a fire. He goes, I know. Eventually, the, the fire department left and the police were screwed. He said they, they released all our people, but one person we couldn't find. But it took a while. Found out this part, lady chainsaw had made it home. And then we, uh, we disassembled peacefully, hugs, whatever food that were brought, people felt it in their heart because we have some relatives because of this system. It's in poverty. They call it poverty, mental illness. And they walked in the alleys and they're handing out food to their dear loved ones. And so, so uh, I think I've been out for a day. I don't even know what it is. I know that it's beautiful out. I'm glad to talk to you. Um, but people will ask me, what is, what is it that I can do? Because this isn't for somebody, for everybody to do. I have a responsibility to be in front of the people so that nobody gets hurt. I know I'll be doing that for life. If you can't make it to these things, send prayers. <laughs> do whatever it is that you do. Find that special thing. You have this gift that you're doing today, niece. Um, other people can organize things, join up, put people together, outreach, take care of your family. It's just as equal to what anybody else is doing. A mother giving love to her child is just as equal as me getting busted up on the front lines. Why wouldn't? That's the most sacred. Take care of your family. <clears throat> whatever we're doing is equal. There's nobody above or below or whatever that is. That's somebody else's idea. Some people have the privilege of money. Sometimes they can send money to maybe the braided warriors. 
mountain protectors, whoever you feel. Maybe it's to your church group, or maybe it's you go uh, go check on an elder in your neighborhood. Maybe you go talk to that family member that you haven't talked to in a long time, and you can't even remember why you're supposed to be mad. We have the spirit going around doing its work. It's a time for us to have some introspect. It's told by my, my mother and, and the grandmothers, you know, to, to sit at our tables together and talk as family. And now people are starting to do their first gardens ever. Maybe it's on a balcony in an apartment somewhere in downtown, wherever. People are reaching out together to do that work is just as equal. But I know that this planet is on fire right now. <clears throat> and... Um, yeah, so I have to do this. I, I, I love to do this. I love this life for those that are coming. They don't deserve to go, hey, grandfather, fuck did you do? You didn't do anything? Why is it so toxic? Why am I traveling across the world and I'm, I got these things on me? I don't know why they are. There's nothing that I can drink. I'm scavenging. Why? Why didn't you do everything that you could? Didn't you love me? Didn't you love me enough? Well, I'll be able to say that I love them enough. That I'm willing to do whatever it is for those that are coming. Because that's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. And I do that for all of your children too. As you love the children of uh, the salmon. You know, I, all my relations. Not some lot. We're all in this together. So whatever you feel to do in your heart is the right way. Just today, do something. Just, just hug somebody or go watch a squirrel climb a tree. Put out good intentions. Um, it's not to be a glumful time. I'm usually happier than this. And I am very happy. I, I, I love my life and my wife. Yeah, and so, so the question is, what is it that you can do individually? Oh. Yeah, and also what we can do collectively. Mm. What is there any, Rita? Is there anything specific that we can do collectively right now besides step, stepping up in the streets and demanding change? Um, I think the braided warriors have a really good strategy to turn the Trans Mountain Pipeline into a stranded asset. Mm. That's to go after the money, go after the insurance and get them out of there. Uh, there's no social license for cutting down thousands of trees in Burnaby. Uh, people don't have to get arrested to teach each other about what's happening up there and to shame the workers when they try to cut those trees down. Sorry, it's not the workers that we're trying to shame, but the act of anybody cutting down trees in the middle of a climate emergency is something that people need to understand the seriousness of. Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, if, if there's a call out, maybe my dear relatives, all you have to do, one thing that you can do is just show up and witness. They won't hurt you, but they will hurt indigenous youth and elders, and they always have. So maybe come and uh, take care of us. We've been great, We've been great hosts. We're, we're all family. Um, <clears throat> there's a 1308trees.ca. You can look at it. It's about people writing love letters or that connection with trees. And, you know, maybe a, a tree adopts a child and you draw a picture, whatever it is, to personalize it for those that can't see uh, the spirit of trees. Um, there's a mountain protectors you can go to, uh, the braided warriors. 
your church organizations, you know, uh, maybe bring a meal to somebody or phone somebody that you can't contact, you're concerned about. There's many Timothy. things. There's Timothy. There's a guy been in a tree for 70, 80 days, protected against the pipeline down by the Barnett River. Send him some brownies. <laughs> brownies? <laughs> Eat some brownies. <laughs> Timothy's on his own. But yeah, so, um, and I, I, I just, I just want to mention this, my dear relatives. Do not believe a word I've told you today. Don't believe a word I've told you today. I'm not here to make any suggestions, and I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. Maybe what you can do is look in that place in your heart and do your own research of what's going on. We have people come and witness what we're doing, and then you go out and you tell your truth. We don't have a pamphlet here to tell you what to do. People came here to try to tell us what to do. We've got this. We've been here time out of mind. We know how to be in a prayerful way. We've got this. We've always had this. And so we're just uh, keeping up our responsibilities, which is a good thing again. So, yeah, so, so whatever you feel in your heart is the right way. Uh, yeah, just do what you can. And it doesn't have to be monumental. It doesn't have to be the biggest thing. There's other people that will fit into that circle to make it a circle. Everybody's got their unique purposes. And we all can do this, uh, our little bits together, and it really matters. I would love to see a thousand people go over the pipeline, over the fence. I'll go with you. <laughs> but I'm kind of sick doing it alone, you know. Mm. They throw me into these situations. But I'm not trying to guilt anybody, whatever you can do. There's all these good uh, organizations if, if it's to, to go protect animals being tested or, or, or not buying from certain companies that uh, have these sweatshops that are dying and killing the, their rivers and stuff. And yeah. Hmm. Wash your hands. <laughs> Wash your hands is good. Yeah. Always a good place to start. Thank you. There's that is that is so meaningful because I know so many people are are learning more every day and yeah. and wanting to help but not knowing how and looking inside their own hearts and following their truth is is such incredible advice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything for for yeah. talking to us today and and for everything that you do and. Um, and it's just an incredible inspiration. Um, and just thank you. Thank you. So in, in my language, you want to say something first, honey? Or just say something very quickly. Chimigwitch. Oh, you're a <laughs> glitch. In my language, it means uh, we don't have a word called thank you. Mm. Fine. Why should I ever, ever be thanked for, for what I'm supposed to be doing? Ego can't get in the way. We don't have a word, you're welcome, because that means like, oh, you're welcome. Like, I did that. No, I didn't do it. So when I say chi language to you, my dear relatives, um, means I notice or acknowledge, uh, and I'm grateful that whatever your teachings are, whatever you find in your heart or your spirit, to help me. To help me. So that I say to my dear relatives, oh, I love that word so much, man. It's such a spiritual word. So, Chimi Gwich, wash your hands. Chimi <laughs> Gwich. Yeah, okay. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>